0: So welcome back, everybody, to Civil Action. This is Brian Kabatek. It's really my show, but every now and then I invite Sean Karnikian. Hello, i Sean
1: Karnikian. I work for Brian. I have the misfortune of working for Brian. But the good news is I'm looking for work, so if anyone's
0: listening out there. And we pay a subsidy. If you hire Sean, we actually pay a subsidy. <laughs> please help. We help him out, and please you'll, please get the, you'll get the tax credit that we already get for employment. So we're very fortunate today on Civil Action to have Casey Johnson with us. Casey, say hello. Hello, everybody. Casey? We're going to start off with a very, very difficult question for you today. Tell us about yourself.
2: Oh, fantastic. So uh, I'm a second-generation Southern Californian, which is kind of odd these days, I think, right. around town. Um, first person in my, in my family to go to college, uh, uh, anywhere in the family. So I got my undergraduate degree at San Diego State University. I'm actually a product of the California Community College System, which I'm a huge advocate of. And then I went to USC for my law school degree. Fight on. Yeah, yeah, fight on. I've heard of it. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you want the girls' soccer team? Uh- <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly how I got in. My parents wrote a big check. (laughs) Uh, And uh, yeah, I've been practicing at the same firm since I was a second-year law student. Tell us about the firm you work at. I'm at Aiken Aiken & Cone down in Santa Ana. We also have offices in Riverside. So what compelled you to become a lawyer in the first place? Uh, By accident, believe it or not. I always wanted to be a therapist. And at some point in time in college, I was meeting with some professors, and I had this career lined up where I was going to be a joint MPH and MSW. So I was going to be, get a, a master's in public health and study a disease, work for the county, uh-huh. and then also get an MSW so I could counsel, counsel master's adolescents. Master's in social work, yeah. Exactly. And then they said, well, in order to do that, you have to do a research project. So I interviewed for the research project, which was taking vital signs of people 80 years old and older.
0: Uh-huh. That's what Sean does every day with me. With, with, with Brian. Yeah,
2: for,
1: yeah. This is what we're doing right now.
2: For six months. And, and I said, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And I had a friend in law school who said, hey, come, you know, audit a class of mine at Pepperdine. Come sit in, see if it's something you could do. She sent me an old case book, and I read a case, and I said, I can do this. That's, that's really how cool. I ended up going to law school. By accident.
1: Totally by accident. But, but, but all kidding aside, it sounds like it's something you actually wanted to do, because you, you saw it firsthand, and you had other options, you had other opportunities, you're clearly a smart guy, and you said, I'm not going to do that, I'm going to do this. And
0: you deliberately chose That is it. a truth. truth Casey, data. what advice would you give to some young person today who's considering going to law school? Oh, get a scholarship. Holy crap,
2: is it expensive now. Um, I would say take time. Work in a law office, do internships, and really make sure it's something that interests you before you make the commitment. It's expensive. It's three years. It's a fantastic degree to have. And I know a lot of people who aren't practicing law but still got a law degree. Um, but, you know, make sure it's something that you're interested in. It's a, I can't imagine doing anything
0: else now that I'm doing it. Yeah, more so today. I'm the chairman of the board at Loyola Law School. And more so today to our, our students, the vast majority of them have taken at least one gap year. And uh, a lot of them, when I went to law school a long time ago, watch it, Sean. I, really um, <laughs> long time ago. I, I, almost everybody we were going to law school with was going to be a lawyer. And today, a lot of them come into school and they go, I don't really want to be a lawyer, I just want the degree. And that's okay, right? That's absolutely okay. But anyway, you found yourself in not only an awesome firm, but an awesome um, niche of the profession. Tell us a little bit about what you do. So
2: I handle primarily single incident personal injury cases. I'm also doing elder abuse, medical malpractice, and insurance bad faith work. Would you represent me against Shant?
1: for elder abuse absolutely that's a joke I do not abuse Brian (laughs) he is vulnerable but I don't abuse him Um, what what part of your work are you really passionate about because I know you're just you're a passionate guy you're passionate about
2: your practice I'm passionate about all of it but I'm getting the most gratification these days from the insurance bad faith work and the elder abuse work
1: wow yeah. How come? Why do, why do you find that to be so gratifying?
2: So the first elder abuse case I ever worked on, I co-counseled with an attorney, Kim Valentine, who's the guru in right. elder abuse cases. And she had gone through the records and we sat down and met about the case. And she said, I'm going to prove to you that every one of these people are lying during their depositions. We ended up taking 42 depositions in the case. And wow. I thought, she's a crazy woman. She'll catch a couple of people. And don't you know it, all 42 people wow. lied caught them red handed in their deposition and it I realized how much fraud is really going on uh Involving people who are the most vulnerable in, in the state. In wow.
0: skilled nursing facilities, particularly. Primarily skilled yeah, nursing, amazing, but also in board it? and cares. And, yeah. Kim's, wow. had, Kim's had a published case not too long ago out of the 4th DCA that we commented on on our weekly podcast, which is like mini law school, I call it, where um, sure enough, they were lying about the records. They were lying about an arbitration agreement. It's yeah. really something else, isn't yep. it? It's a great decision. All right. Tell us about the most, most um, compelling or important case of your career so far.
2: Well, every case I handle is the most important case for the client. Did that you I'm prepare with. that remark? I, I didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't. Like, it's literally the, the one time these people are coming to you for help. Um, but in terms of uh, overall impact, it was an insurance bad faith case involving a 26-year-old woman who was rendered tetraplegic in an accident when a big rig and trailer slid off of ice in Oregon and ran into her car. Uh, the insurance company for the trailer that the semi was pulling denied defense and indemnity, and left the this poor trailer company out in the in the woods. And we uh, took the case on and and secured a result for her that'll take care of every
0: medical need she could possibly have for the rest of her life. Wow, that's incredi- incredibly um, fulfilling when you have something like that happen. So, what do you think today is the most significant issue? Because we're here at the C O C conference up in san francisco which is the lobbying arm of the plaintiff's bar what do you see is the most significant issue in sacramento that um plaintiff lawyers have to deal with today I would say the
2: current biggest threat is the um, consideration of implementing and letting AI come in and letting hedge funds come in and buy law firms. Uh, Non-lawyers. Non-lawyers practicing under the guise of access to justice. We know, and I know you know through your work with the LA County Bar Association, that there are access to justice issues. But those primarily involve landlord-tenant issues, family law issues. People who have meritorious personal injury cases don't have a problem finding an attorney. Right
0: not only do they not have a problem, there's, there's so many out there that I encourage consumers to be discerning about who exactly they're going to go out and hire. Because as we well know, um, you guys have probably the finest plaintiff firm in, in Orange County. There are lots and lots of plaintiff firms that you wouldn't want to refer somebody to because they don't have the particular experience they need, right?
2: That's true. Just because you can put up a sign on the freeway or throw a commercial on television doesn't mean that you're the best person to handle a case. So
0: what else are you passionate about?
2: I'm passionate about LGBT rights. Um, I've been married for five years to my husband, and um, so I. Who's a great guy, by the way? Thank you. He thinks so. Uh,
0: <laughs> and he. We're the ones who make the jokes. He loves
2: Roxy too, by the way. And I try wife, to keep him apart. Everybody loves my wife more than me, right? <laughs> well, there's a reason for that, but yeah. So I'm a past president of the Orange County Lavender Bar Association, which is the LGBT lawyer group in Orange County. We'll be celebrating our 10 year anniversary next year, and I've come back into co president for our anniversary year. When are you going to become president of Consumer Attorneys of at California? Well, assuming I continue to move up one seat, I'm not yet on the official ladder, but I believe it's eight years from now. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I believe it's 2028.
1: That's really great. And, and Casey is a young leader of the Plaintiff's Bar. I think of him as that. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about your involvement with CAOC and you know, what, what you do there and why you think it's so important? So my involvement started just being on the board, but then I was quickly elevated to chair of
2: the diversity committee. So I spent uh, a year sort of getting my bearings in the organization and finding out what it was the diversity committee really did. And then expanding the events and expanding the leadership committee to help train a diverse, excited group of young leaders to, to, to get involved in the organization, which has been very successful.
1: Good for you. Good for you. And and um, what are your kind of your plans with CAOC? I mean, clearly you you want to stay involved in the organization. Why do you think it's so important to support CAOC and be involved in CAOC?
2: Well, CAOC really is the only voice for consumers and for plaintiff lawyers in Sacramento. You can be involved in a local TLA, which I always encourage people to do. It's great networking. It's a great way to find your local family. But in terms of protecting your rights uh, for your clients and for your firms in Sacramento. CAOC is the only gig in town, and that's why it's so important.
1: Yeah, what do you think are some of the big things on the horizon that, you, either from your perspective, I know you talked about non-lawyers being involved in in the law and other things. What are some other battles that CAOC or the plaintiffs' bar in general should be concerned about in the coming years?
2: Well, I'll tell you. Uh, you know, every year we we always and this past year was one of the most successful legislative years CAOC has ever had. Um, But what's most important that CAOC does every year is kill anti-consumer bills, fee cap bills, bills to give immunity to corporations and companies and public entities. And it's insane. That's going to continue. So that's a fight that the plaintiff's bar and CAOC will always have. And there's no limit to the... imagination that the people have on the other
1: side to try to protect themselves from responsibility when they do something wrong. Right. We were just talking to Jackie Cerna and we were saying one of the you know challenges Jackie with Cerna that is
0: one of the, in case somebody didn't listen to the prior podcast.
1: That's right. She's one of the- uh, Lobbyists
0: for Consumer Attorneys in California. That's right. Recent, recently promoted to Deputy Legislative director. director. That's great. That's right. It's so important too that COC, which has some of the best lobbyists in Sacramento- that have been there for a long, long time. I mean, careers have been spent there, but it's also important that we get somebody from a younger generation to start coming in, too, because we have a lot of younger legislators who can relate to Jackie. Absolutely, absolutely true. Yeah. Were you in the middle of a question, Sean, that I I was, I was, but it's okay. okay.
1: No, I was going to say that, you know, one of the challenges she talked about is it's unpredictable because they could come at you with a number of bills and, and things like that. So, you know...
2: Th- that's true. Nobody would have seen that. You know, fire litigation about fires and insurance and 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 you know right. public entities would be at the forefront of things. You know, four years ago,
0: nobody would have guessed that. It changes all the time and it moves all the time. And and you know, in some respects, the corporate interests that want to put us out of business and want to hurt our clients or not pay them at least um, are like a smart virus, right? They they keep um, evolving and. Adapting and, you know. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. And I,
2: I think we'll see continue to see an explosion of attempts to limit liability for people who are taking care of the elderly. Because of the aging population, I think you're going to see a lot more bills affirmatively from nursing homes, board and care facilities to try to limit the liability of, of those organizations yeah, yeah. for
1: And that's a and growing percentage of the population. If you're, a, if you're right. a
0: plaintiff's lawyer in California, every day get down on your knees and thank God you practice law here because you go to these other states and it's a nightmare. Yes. No rights. They take away rights. They give. They have no rights to start with, and then they start carving out rights that they don't even have. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, Casey, this is the fun part of our podcast. This is where we get to ask you um, kind of questions which have no, um, not only no moral compass, but <laughs> no, no, no. Can no, ask any immoral questions. No.
1: No. No immoral questions. I'll be the arbiter of good taste, and and we'll ask you some easier questions. All right. So
0: the first question I'm going to ask you today is. If you could be a character in a movie, in real life, though, what character would you... Who would you want to be? Oh, good God. I think we've stumped him. Yeah. A character Casey a, had so much to a say A character until now. in a movie. Casey had a lot to say. I you mean, Fletch
2: immediately came to mind, but that's probably a little bit too obscure for people. Um,
0: okay, we'll move on. He can't answer a it. He stumped
2: I mean, I would go to a real person, like...
0: Like who? Thurgood Marshall. Okay, okay. You're Thurgood Marshall now, or Brian Stevenson. Oh, I thought you were going to say Brian Cabot.
1: Nope. Nobody wants to be you. Nobody. You barely want. to be I don't want to be me. Yeah, yeah, you just slipped out of
2: the top ten. You're like eleven, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. Shot your question.
1: Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, if you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? No, no I don't mean sitting here talking to these two idiots. But sure. I mean not practicing being a lawyer. lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I. I somehow would have got myself
2: through that ridiculous taking vital signs of old people, and I would love to have been a counselor. I really do love engaging people, and as lawyers,
1: we're counselors we're counselor. at law. That's what I was going to say. You really kind are. of do act as a therapist. I yeah. do, yeah. so I
2: would have tried to try to find a way uh, to to integrate that into what I do. You know, maybe even like a high school counselor, even education yeah. counseling. Yeah. 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 Favorite song: Rihanna and Fleetwood Mac.
1: That's good one. Uh, favorite movie.
2: So I was asked this actually is going to be part of my introduction for my presentation this afternoon, Uncle Buck.
1: Uncle Buck is John, John Candy? Candy. Yeah, John Candy. Yeah,
2: I like to one. laugh. It makes that's me laugh
1: every time. Karaoke song. I don't
0: sing. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody wants Japanese to sing. for drunk singing,
1: right? <laughs> uh, uh, your favorite meal? If you had like one meal that you can eat forever, oh. not forever, not forever. You don't just, like that? Just his favorite meal. Sure. Just why your do you complicate
0: meal. the question? Favorite meal? Um, yes.
2: I love everything. Are you kidding me? Look at me. Uh, <laughs> it, probably a really good chicken parmesan with a side of fettuccine Alfredo. That's good. That's pretty specific. Your turn. Can you think of oh, anything that was mine. was yours. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Can, Can I think of that uh, last book up? you read? I'm in the middle of reading Becoming, Michelle Obama. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a yeah. long book with with a lot very of words. few pictures. Not, for us. No pictures. Not for us.
1: Not for us. Not for us. Not for us. Um, growing up, what did you want to do in terms of career, even if it's unrealistic or crazy? When I
2: was about seven or eight, I wanted to be a skating waiter. I had roller skates and I thought, look at all these people on these shows, you know, the, the television shows with the drive-ins, the roller skating, the food. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be a roller skating waiter. And then at one point in time, I wanted to be a chef. And then I realized working in the restaurant industry as a server and a busboy, it's my hobby cooking's a hobby but I never wanted to do that for a living anything
0: yeah. that you find fun and that's a hobby once you go into it as a profession or, or we'll industry it. will ruin it for you <laughs> just just consider the law <laughs>
1: <laughs> alright uh, so
0: uh, cartoon character what cartoon character do you see yourself as oh or you'd like to be do we stump him again I the, think you yeah. stumped him again I had you're a so lot of pensive yeah. it's not like you're not gonna win the prize if you yeah. get it wrong <laughs> I don't have Or people kids. aren't going to vote cartoons. for you. They're not going
1: to vote for you dropping in the polls.
2: Do I see myself? Fog horde, leg horde. Oh, uh, that's a good one. Watch it. I'll say, I'll it, say
1: I don't know if that's a politically correct cartoon anymore. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. But that's a good one. That's from our childhoods.
0: You uh, get the last question, Sean.
1: I do. I get the last question. Uh, if you had a superpower, what would it be? Unless you actually do have one. So, I, I um, clearly don't. No. Unless eating is a superpower. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> we, we have that. All three of us. Something Where's the buffet? Now. Yeah. yeah we're going to take superpower? a snack break soon.
2: I would love to be able to fly. Yeah. Because then we could have that dinner without having to Skype dinner. I could fly fly to you. Right. That's your solution right there to the traffic in in LA.
1: Traffic in Southern California.
0: So Casey Johnson, you've been terrific to be with us today. We really appreciate it. This is Civil Action with Brian Kabatek and Sean Karnikian. Uh, Our special guest today was Casey Johnson. Casey's a fine, fine plaintiff's lawyer in Orange County. And is a person who also makes a difference and changes people's lives. So thank you for everything you do, Casey. Thank
1: you, Casey. Thank you for joining us. And uh, you can find us online at com. You can look up Casey online as well. He's one of the rising stars in this community here. and, And he'll be one of the big
0: leaders one day. So thank you, Casey, for joining us. Thank you for having me.